All right, I will say good morning, everyone. Let us begin. So as I, I put out on the chat last night, we're going to begin with Daf in Meretz Hashem this morning. A little bit of a longer Daf today. So if we have some time at the end, uh, we'll come back. I also, again, as of already this week, in Meretz Hashem, we're going to go back to Tzidkas Sadik in the morning. And Mishnah Yomi is posted. It's already, today's Mishnah Yomi is already on the chat. So if you're not yet on Mishnah Yomi, WhatsApp group, I'll, I'll post the link on, um, on the Dafiomi group as well. You could join, or everything's posted on the website and the podcast as well. But um, in the we're still going to continue in Mishnayomi, but we'll go back to our Tzaddik, his Orus in the in the morning as well. But today, we'll begin with the Daf, a little bit of a longer Daf today, a beautiful Daf, but to ensure that we get through the, uh, the entire Daf, we'll start now. So we'll say, begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's share, to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Shvat, to thank Bracha Strimber for dedicating all the Shurman Joshos this month in loving memory of her husband, Avi Strimber, Avram Ben Kalman, Eli Ezra Halevi, Zichron of the Brach, we hope that in the merit of our Tamatora of the Neshama, have an Aliyah, and the family in Nechama. We thank Avi Tobias for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in appreciation of the Shi'ur and appreciation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the incredible Torah he has given us. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Barry and Rina Dubin, for dedicating the learning this week in the Rafua Shalema for Chava Tzipora Bas Chaya Malka. She should have a Rafua together with Kol Chole Yisrael. But with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Yud Beis. And we are picking up Mamish, the top of Yud Beis. Very top line. Says the Gemara, Amr Shmuel, Mekabli Kiboles, Besochat Chum Aser, Chuzlet Chum Mother. So I say, interestingly enough, still talking about, still talking about the halachas of Chalamaid, but transitioning a little bit to a different kind of halacha. Actually, this is fascinating because this is the topic that we were doing in Smichas Chaver that we just actually finished last week, Talachos of Amira Lenochri, namely instructing a non-Jew to do malacha for you on Shabbos. See here, the Mishnah, this, the Gemara discussed the following case. So Shmuel says, Makabli Kibolas. Now, again, in halacha, there are different ways that you can go ahead and contract with a worker. So a person could be a Sir Yom, a day laborer, like we discussed, or a person could be a Kablon. Kablon will loosely translate as a contractor. Now, what's the idea of a kablon? Kablon is you give the person a job, and it's their job. It's their job. In halacha, interestingly enough, it's viewed as if they're working for themselves. Now, the truth is, of course, you know, when I hire someone as a kablon, they're working for me. I'm paying them doing a job for me, but because they have autonomy over that job, how that job is done, when the job is done, when it's accomplished, at the end of the day, they are considered to be autonomous. Autonomous. So therefore, again, Shmuel says as follows. So, if so, if I go ahead and I contract with a non-Jew, I give him as a contractor, if he's working, if he's working on my job within the Tchum, right, within the 2,000 Amas, the Tchum Shabbos, ultimately, outside of the Tchum, it's mutter. Now look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says over here, Mekabli Kibolas Besochat Tchum Aser, Listen to this. So Shmuel says as follows. Shmuel says, by the way, we're talking here about Shabbos, not Chalamayid. Although, again, as we're going to see many of the halachos that we're going to highlight by Shabbos, we will apply afterwards to Chalamayid as well. So Shmuel says like this. 
if I have contracted with a non-Jew to do work, so is he allowed to continue with that work over Shabbos? So the Gemara says, Shmuel says it depends. If the work is happening inside of the Trum, which means essentially inside of Jewish habitation, you can't have the work go on. Why? Because people will assume that the non-Jew is operating on my behalf, and that is going to be Aser. Outside of the Trum, people don't really know what it is that's going on, so it's not a problem. So the Gemara says, finish that Rashi, Bahad the Shari Basilo Paris, actually not finish that Rashi. Good. Rapapa says, furthermore, even outside of the Trum, it's only true if the Naju is operating far away, where there is no other, there is no other community, there is no other city that's close by. But if there is another city that is close to the area in which the Naju is operating, Aser, then it's Aser as well. Good. So I'm going to say that's the halacha of Shmuel. Fascinating halacha. Again, I'm going to say, I just said we literally just finished this in Smichas Chaver about the concept of going ahead and having a non-Jew operate as a kablon. So Shmuel gives his halacha that again, if the, if the non-Jew is operating as a kablon, chutz letchum, it's mutter, besoch atchum, it's aser. But even chutz letchum, that's only assuming that it's not bordering another Jewish city. But if it's next to another Jewish city, the non-Jew can't operate on my behalf as well on Shabbos. Both said the concern being that even though halachically I'm good, because since the non-Jew is a kablon, anything he's doing on Shabbos is what we call adaited dinafshe. He's working for himself. But really what's happening over here is a maris ayin issue. So the Gemara goes right there, Amra Meshar comes along and he qualifies Shmuel's ruling a little bit more. When did Shmuel say that Allah if the non-Jew, so there's a lot of criteria over here. Number one, the non-Jew is a kabla. Number two, he's operating outside of the tchum. Number three, there is no other Jewish city that's close to where the non-Jew is operating, if those three criteria are met, the non-Jew could do his thing on Shabbos. But when is that true? Rabbi Sharshia says, Dafka Shabbos and Yomtiv. Delo Shrihi in Shidda Azlila Hassam. Because the both say, in Shabbos and Yomtiv, people aren't traveling around. Now it loops back to our Sugya. But on Chalamaid, Tishrihi in Shidda Azlila Asula Hassam. Well, San Chalamayid, everybody's doing Chalamayid trips, right? Everybody's out and about. San Chalamayid, where people will go ahead and travel a bit further, then we are concerned. So even in that, so we'll say in Chalamayid, ultimately, again, even if the criteria are met, it'll still be us. So now, as we'll say, here's what's fascinating, two separate halachas. So in Shabbos HaYom, Rav Mesharshia's view of Shmuel is that as long as A, the Nanju is a Kablon, B, if the work is taking place outside of the Trum. C, there's no other Jewish city close to where the non-Jew is operating. You're good to go. The non-Jew could do his thing on Shabbos because he's not working for me. He's working for himself. But again, says Rav Mesharshia and Chalamayid, even if you meet those three criteria, it's still Aser. It's still Aser. Because since on Chalamayid people are out and about, we're concerned Jews are going to come and see this non-Jew working on my behalf. And again, I've also remember again, when Jews see a non-Jew working on my behalf, they have no idea that he's a kablon. They just automatically assume that what? 
that I have contracted him to do this work on Chalamayid, which of course is Asr. Therefore, again, Altsmaris Ayin, right? The process will be prohibited. So the Gemara tells the story. Marzutra Bereid Rab Nachman Banu Le Apadno Mikable Kiboles Chutz Letchum. So the Gemara tells the story. Marzutra was right. Marzutra said Rab Nachman was building for himself a mansion. Baruch Hashem, he was building for himself a mansion, and he was doing it outside of the Tchum. Right, a uh, summer home, right? He was building a home outside of the Tchum mansion. And again, obviously I will say, as one would imagine, with most homes that are being built, Halacha Lamaisa, it was a situation of a kablonos. So he hired a kablon, he hired a contractor to build himself a mansion outside of the Tchum. So Ikler of Safra, Rav Huna Bar so we'll say the mansion is finished, and then what happens? Marzutra decides to go ahead and invite over company, and Rav Safra and Rav Huna Bar so he invites over Rav Safra, Rav Huna Bar they would not enter the mansion. They would not enter the mansion. Vigadamri, so I'll say, so they would not enter the mansion, why? Because apparently they felt that it was built Be'iser. Right, it was built Be'iser. They felt that Marzutra did not build this appropriately, therefore they would not benefit from it. Ikadamri, an alternate version of this, Hunami Be'gabe. No, no, it wasn't just these other Rabbanim. Marzutra himself, after the fact, would not use the mansion. I think Marzutra, but one second. But one second, Marzutra seems to have done, seemed to have done everything correctly. This was, remember again, a project built by a kablon outside of the Tchum. So what's the problem? So I will say this is going to be a recurring theme during today's Naf. The Yomars is Adam Chashuv Shaini. This, we already, we already introduced to this concept in yesterday's Naf. That perhaps an Adam Chashuv, right? A person, a person who is well known and highly respected, highly regarded, is different. Is different. And such an individual may be required to hold himself to a different standard. We'll say the, the idea being that in general there's a concept of Marasayin. Right? And what's the concept of Marasayin? That I can't go ahead and do something that looks prohibited. There are two reasons for Marasayin, right? What are the two reasons? Number one, number one is a concern that if people see me doing something and they don't understand what it is that I'm doing, they may learn from my activities and may think that something that is really prohibited is permitted. Even though what I'm doing is permitted, people don't necessarily know the circumstances of what it is that I'm doing. So the concern number one is people may learn from my activities and may end up doing something prohibited. The other possibility, the other idea of Marasayin is visam nekiyim that a person is obligated to project an image of piety. I'm supposed to be, I'm, tr- I'm supposed to try to be beyond reproach. That's true for all of us. An Adam Chashuv, someone who is quote-unquote a Chashuv person, a highly regarded individual, has to hold himself to even a higher standard. So interestingly enough, what the Gemara seems to be suggesting over here is, Marzutra built his home in accordance with Halacha. He built some in accordance with Halacha. The problem is, the problem is, even though it was built in accordance with Halacha, there's still a concern that people may not understand the circumstances through which he built this home, utilizing non-Jewish labor, which most probably worked on Shabbos and Yom Tiv. So because of that, because, now again, did he do it in a mutter fashion? Absolutely, absolutely. But is it quote-unquote beyond reproach? Not necessarily. And as a result of that, Marzutra himself did not want to use the mansion. Interesting idea. Both sides. So again, we'll see that halacha la this Marzutra was being machmer. 
right? One, one, is, one is not obligated, one is not obligated to conduct themselves. But perhaps, again, the reason for the Chumrah of Marzutra was because of Adam Chashev. Dekadamri, others say, no, Dami, see you, see you, see you, Others say, no, no, there's actually a different issue over here. That Marzutra, this wasn't a typical case of a Kablonos. In a typical case of a Kablonos, so a contractor, so what happens? The contractor has the job. And he's on his own for the job. In this case, Marzutra supplied them with straw. So because he supplied them with straw, again, he was a real shutaf. He was a real partner in the building. And as such, he felt that perhaps after the fact, it would be inappropriate for him to go ahead and benefit from this structure. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Okay. Okay, Simon tells, tells another, gives another example. Of Chama, Shari Luhu, Laabungari Debe Reish Kalusa, Lene Avedu Avedita Bechol Demoir. It was very interesting. Rav Chama allowed the Abanguri. What's Abanguri? Rashi says, Misader Shulchanos. So it's interesting. I would think that it's just the carpenter, right? The carpenter, but apparently it's a specialized malacha to fix tables. To fix tables, okay? So Rav Chama allowed the table fixers in the house of the Reish Kalusa to work on Cholamayr. Rashi says, If a table breaks, it's permitted to fix it. So Rav Chama allowed the table fixers in the house of the Reish Kalusa to go into the work on Cholamayr. Amar, Kevan the Agar, since ultimately again they're hired out, so I'm sorry. Kevan the Agar Lokashakli Sharshuye Hudi Kamesharshule Veles Lanba. So what says is very interesting. Apparently, the setup that the Reish Kalusa had with these workers of Rechalamite is he didn't pay them a wage. He didn't pay them a wage. Instead, what he paid them was in food. In food that they had the ability to partake of all of the suudos they want. Look at Rashi. Sharshuye Rashi says Revach Baalma Kedei Suudasam the Ka'achli Bahadayu. So as I say, interestingly enough, because they're not getting paid a wage, so to speak, and they're getting paid in food, therefore, again, this was a permitted type of arrangement on Chalamayid. Interesting. So, Tarabonon, Mekabli Kibobes B'moid La Sosa La Acharamoid O B'moid Aser. So, let's listen to this. Another interesting Adacham. So, Mekabli Kibobes B'moid. So, you could agree, you could create a Kablonos on Chalamayid for after Chalamite, in other words, I will say, I could hire someone. I could, now Rashi says, oh, we're talking about a Nochri, a Nanju. Look at Rashi, Mikablin Kiboles, Nostim the Nochri, La Sosa La Achramoid. So I will say, interestingly enough, you can go ahead and contract someone during Chalamite for work after Chalamite. That's going to be permitted. However, again, the Gemara says, Ubamoid, Aser. But you cannot go ahead and contract someone. For work on Chalamayid itself. Now, both saying, now remember again, we already saw pretty much what, what we have. We've seen one category so far of Malacha that's permitted on Chalamayid, and that's Davar Ha'avid, right? Here we're talking about something totally different. Here we're talking about, this is not Davar Ha'avid. This is, I want to build something. I want to put on an addition. I want to redo my kitchen. I want to do something to my house. So I want to hire a Kablon. To do that, so the Gemara says, you could hire the Kablon on Chalamayid for work after Chalamayid, but you cannot hire the Kablon on Chalamayid to what? To do work on Chalamayid. And the boss says, here we go. Klalo shal davar. 
So I'll say this is an incredibly important principle, and this is actually codified in the Shulchan Aruch. Kaldavar Shuhu Oseh, Omer Lindachri Vaoseh. Anything that you can do on Chalamaid, you can tell a Nachri to do on Chalamaid. The Chal Sheino Oseh, Ino Omer Lindachri Vaoseh. But anything that you cannot do on Chalamaid, you cannot ask a Nachri to do on Chalamaid. So I'll say this, by the way, is the halacha. Not just on Chalamayit, but this is the paradigmatic formulation of Halacha by Shabbos as well. So we'll say, again, Hilchos Amira L'Nachri is much more complicated as, uh, I think, how many shurim did we spend on it? It's Michas Chavar, 11, 12, right? I think 11 shiurim altogether on Amira L'Nachri. So I will say, so there's a lot of Halachas on Amira L'Nachri, but again, on a basic level, the Halacha says, anything that you can do, you can ask a non-Jew to do. But if you can't do it, you can't ask a Nadu to do it. Now the truth is, there are exceptions to that rule as well, many exceptions to that rule. But as a basic guiding light principle, it's the Gemara now is telling us the same halacha applies to Chalamaid as well. Interesting enough, same halacha applies to Chalamaid. So whatever, ultimately, again, you could tell a Nadu, whatever you could do, you could tell a Nadu to do it. Therefore, I both say, based on this, I can hire the Kablon on Chalamaid for work after Chalamaid. But I can't hire him to do to, to uh, fix my kitchen or to build me something on Chalamayit itself, unless of course we're talking about a davar avid. So you can go ahead and contract, hire a contractor on Chalamayit for work to be done after Chalamayit. Obilvad shelo yimdod v'shelo yishkal v'shelo yimne kederek shosa b'chol. Now, Boston, I think Mark qualifies this. While it is true that you can go ahead and hire a kavod on Chalamaid for work after Chalamaid, what can't you do? You can't measure, you can't weigh, and you can't count in the way that you would do during the week. Now, I'll say, just to illustrate this, the easy way to illustrate this is as follows. Let's say I'm hiring someone to make me a suit, to make me a suit. Now, it was common, at least in times of the Gemara, that if you are hiring someone to make for you an article of clothing, often you would give them the materials. So the idea is, I'm hiring, you know, I'm hiring Nachri to make me a suit, and I'm going to give him the wool, the silk, the this, the that, and I measure it out beforehand. So the Gemara just says over here, as much as we said before, that you can go ahead and hire the Kablon on Chalamaid for work after Chalamaid, what you can't do is start measuring out the materials on Chalamaid itself to give him. So you, in other words, then what I can do is agree on the arrangement, Lock in the arrangement, but anything else, actual work, as well as giving over of materials, has to be done after Yom Tiv. Tan Rabbanam. So we'll say more examples of things which cannot be done on Chalamayid. Ein marbiyin behema b'chalal shamoyed. We'll say you can't mate animals on Chalamayid. Rashi says, Ein ochzin ha-behema umavin ala zahar. So we'll say, so I guess in some species of animals... We're going to see it's actually by, uh, by, well, we'll see examples of this. Ultimately, again, you would bring the male to the female. So you can't actively go ahead and do that on Chalamayid. If you have a donkey, a chamora, right, the female donkey, that shetava, that wants to mate with the male, ultimately, again, we bring the male, so we'll say, so apparently by the female donkey, if she's ready to mate, and she doesn't mate, it's going to be harder to mate with her later on. So therefore, again, we'll say, what does that represent? What does that represent? A davra avid. 
and therefore it'll be mutter. Ushar kala behemos, other behemos, machnisin osal bekara. So I'll say other behemos, what you just simply do is put them into the stable, they'll mate on their own. So apparently certain animals require human intervention or human help in order to go ahead and facilitate the mating process. Other animals will do it on their own. So again, you can't actively facilitate unless, of course, there's going to be a davar ha'avid, but you could put animals together recognizing that mating will occur on its own. Incredible. We'll say first wide line, Tarabanon. What's another interesting case? What's Madairin? Look at Rashi. So we'll say it's very interesting. I guess this is how they fertilized fields. You would bring your animals to a spot in the field. You would essentially put up like a temporary corral. Right? Keep the animals in a particular area for a certain amount of time. And by definition they fertilize the field, right? So again, I'm not, I'm not actively spreading fertilizer. The animals are doing the work on their own. But we'll say, so that's the notion of medairin. Medairin means like dar, to live somewhere. You can't set up a corral, a temporary corral, on Shabbos on Yom Tiv, or on Cholamayid to fertilize the field. But I will say, if the animals are kind of just walking around on their own, and as a result just of their own movement, they fertilize the field, then ultimately, again, mutter, it is permitted. So we'll say, now the Gemara is going on. The Gemara is saying, Now look at Rashi for just a moment. Literally means you don't help them. What does that mean? Rashi says, Suppose they listen to this. So now, there are a couple of halachas happening over here. Halacha number one, you can't set up a corral for fertilization purposes on your field on Shabbos Yom Tiv If the animals are doing this on their own, absolutely no problem. If there is a nachri who is moving the flock, who is moving the flock, you cannot assist him in anything to do with that in order to fertilize the field. You can't go ahead and literally give over a worker. To Gashi says, You can't hire someone to watch the flock. Let's say, again, if you have a Gentile shepherd. But if the Nachri was hired for a week, was hired for a month, hired for a year, hired for seven years, then Messiah knows some. Then ultimately, again, it is permitted to go ahead and help them. Why? Messiah, Rashi says, Because we'll say, interestingly enough, when it's a longer term hire, so the Nachri almost has the status of a Kablon, right? And therefore, again, the flock is considered to be his, so to speak. He's managing his flock. Therefore, any assistance that I would give would be assistance to a Nachri and not considered to be assistance to myself. So the Gemara says, we'll say, again, we're not going to get into the Halach with this because as you saw from Smichas Chaber, the Halach about is often much more complicated. But again, right now we'll just go through the Sogya. Rabbi Omer, Bishabis Betova, Biyamtiv Bemizonos, Bishar, I'm sorry, Bemoid Bishar. 
So let's listen to this. Rebbe says, this is very interesting, look at Rashi. B'Shabbos B'Tova, Imrotze Shum Adam L'Seya L'Osa Sachir, B'Tova Sa Osa, K'Mar B'Chino V'Lo B'Shar. So Rebbe says like this, we'll say, if the non-Jew is hired to go ahead and handle the flock, you can help him in the following way. For Shabbos, you can help him if it's just really what we call what we call betova. Betova means that the most you'll get out of it is the good is goodwill. On yamtiv mizonos, if you're going to get food from it, on chalamaid, you could even do it emirat Hashem for for payment. Am Rabbi Yosef Yosef says hilchasaki Rabbi. Davacha follows Rabbi. Because Rabbi says, what you begin to see what emerges from here, Rabbi says, so just I, I think kind of the takeaways from here is as follows. Number one. Number one, that if the Nohri is a Kablon and the Nohri is doing work for me, let's, right, whether it's Shabbos, Yom Tev, the Nohri is permitted to do his work. As long as what? As long as what, according to our Gemara over here, it's Chutz Litchon. Chutz Litchon, and at least for Chalamaid, it would have to be really far away from any place where Jews are going to end up coming around. So say, in general, again, the halacha by Kablanus is that you can go ahead and hire a Nachri to be a Kabl- You could hire, you could, I should say, you could contract with a Nachri and Chalamaid as long as what? He doesn't start his work until when? After Chalamaid. But however, what you can't do is you can't start measuring out materials on Chalamaid itself. We begin to see that when it comes to managing one's livestock, so one is really one is really precluded from engaging in real malacha, mating the animals, actively going ahead and fertilizing the field. But of course, if these things happen on their own, it's mutter. If there's a nachri managing the flock, so if it's a long-term arrangement with the nachri, he really takes on the status of a kablon, and therefore kind of incidental assistance by the Jew to the nachri will be permitted even on chalamaid. Good. So we'll say again, like I said, Dalach is a bit more involved, but at least we have, we have the parameters. Beautiful, says the Mishnah. So we'll say, listen to this. So we'll listen to this. In the last Mishnah, in the last Mishnah, we're speaking about olives, right? Now we're speaking about what appears to be a similar case by grapes. So what's happened over here? I pressed my grapes. I pressed the grapes already. The wine is now in the vat. So we'll say, now what happened? So the wine is in the, we'll call it the pit, but it's in the vat. So the grapes have been pressed. The wine is in the vat. And now the person becomes an avel. We'll call him Reuven, right? Reuven becomes an avel. Or some other extenuating circumstance occurred. Occurred. Good ones. Or his workers never showed up. So I'll say, so remember again, let's point out, like we said in the last Mishnah, there's two different cases here, right? There's a case of Avelos, which we really effectively dealt with in the previous Sugya. You're not allowed to do work during Avelos. So case number one is Ruvain pressed his, Ruvain pressed his grapes. The wine is sitting in the vat. He becomes an Avel. His Avelos has nothing to do with Yomtev, right? He's now just an Avel. So the Shaila just is, what is he permitted to do, not permitted to do during Avelos? Case number two is he pressed his grapes. He was supposed to go ahead and put the wine into the barrels before Yamtiv. Either an extenuating circumstance occurred, there was a mace mitzvah, his workers never showed up to work, and now what happens? It's Yamtiv. It's Yamtiv, or really more appropriately, it's Chalamaid, and there's wine sitting in the vat. 
So what could he do? So the Gemara says, Zolei v'gomer v'davki v'gavki darkful div Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, what's Talocha? Talocha is that he can go ahead and literally finish off the process. Zolei means he could pour, pour the wine from the vat into the barrels. V'gomer v'gavki darklesi. And go ahead and seal the barrels in the normal way. In other words, finish up the process. Finish up the process. Rabbi Yossi gives him the license to go ahead and finish normally. And again, I will say, the idea over here is what? Rabbi Yossi says, why? Why, why, can, he, why can he finish it up? Davra Avid. Very simple, Davra Avid. And Rabbi Yossi is of the opinion that once it's a Davra Avid, you could finish, you could finish, and you could finish normally. You need not employ a Shinoi. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Yossi says, no, here's what you could do. You could cover the vat with boards. Rabbi Huda says, we're not going to allow you to go ahead and transfer the contents of the cistern, right, or of the pit, of the vat, into barrels. Instead of what we'll allow you to do is cover up the vat. If you cover up the vat with boards, that will effectively prevent spoilage. So we'll say, Rabbi Huda is of the opinion that will allow you to go ahead and do something to stave off the loss, but you'll have to do it with a shinui. Says the Gemara Utsricha, and I was saying that Abi's Shaila is, this is the same case as the olives. Right, so why, why do I need both cases? To which I'll tell you So I say I would have said like this. You see, if it would have just said the, the case of the olives, I would have said it's in the case of the olives that Rabbi Yossi really allows you to fully finish the process. Because I would say if you don't press those olives, it's a total loss. It's a total loss. That's where Biosi allows you to go ahead and take action on Chalamaid. But by wine, the truth is, you could cover it with boards. You could cover it with boards, and you'll be pretty much okay. I would have thought that in this case, maybe of the wine, Rabiosi agrees with Rabbi Yehuda. And if it would have just said this last case, this, if it would have just said the wine case, it's the wine case Rabbi Yehuda says, all you could do is go ahead and cover it with boards. But perhaps in the other case, i.e. the olive case, maybe Rabbi Huda uses Rabbi Yossi and allows you to really go ahead and fully press the olives. Therefore, Tzicha. So we'll say, Salach, Lama, I said, in both cases, that we're not learning out one from the other. I'm Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Abba. Man Tana Shinui B'davara Abed. My Tana, sorry. Man Tana Shinui B'davara Abed. But we'll say, who is the Tana who holds that even with a Davara Abed, you should employ a shinui. So to which the Imar says, the local rabiosi. It's clearly not like rabiosi. So now as I was saying, we already mentioned this two days, or yesterday's daf, which is, there's a fundamental machlokas. You see, everyone agrees that you're allowed to do molochan chalamaid for the sake of a davara ava, to save a loss. What's the machlokas? Do you have to do a shinui with that molochan? In other words, are you permitted to do the molochan in the normal fashion, or do you somehow have to be mishana? Do you have to deviate? So Rabbi Huda says, yes, you have to use a shinui, as evidenced from the last two Mishnayis. Rabbi Yossi says, you don't have to. Rabbi Yossi says, once there is a davra of it, you're permitted to do the malacha in the normative fashion. Um, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi said, halacha Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi will say, that indeed is how we pass halacha l'maysa, that when there is a davra of it, you don't have to do the malacha with the shinui, you could do the malacha in the normal fashion. Interesting case. Are you permitted to go ahead and seal, seal a barrel of wine 
on Cholamayd. Rashi says, Lameisha Loguf HaChavis. So we'll say here is I have a barrel of, I have a barrel of, I have a barrel of, sorry, beer, not wine. I have a barrel of beer, right? The barrel has a crack. Obviously, if it has a crack, it means it's going to leak. So can I go ahead and seal the barrel on Cholamayd? Amr Lehu, Sinai, Amr Halacha, Kraviosi. So he said to him, Sinai, which is Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef said that the halacha follows Rabbi Yosef, namely that when there is a davar ha'avid, you are permitted to go out and do malacha even without the shinui. Amar da Rabbi Yosef Maybe not. Maybe Rabbi Yosef only said by chamra, a barrel of wine that has a leak. A b'shichra mi amar. B'shichra mi amar. So I'll say, but who said he said it by beer? After all, chamra time amayim yishom dunafish psida. But I don't say, why would you make a distinction? Rabbi Yossi allows you to seal a barrel of wine that has a leak. Why? Because it's going to represent the loss. Sheikh Ranami Ispe Psida. But ultimately, again, beer, right? The barrel of beer that sprung the leak will also represent the loss. My mother said to me, Bar Shis Savi Vishaya, Mi Bar Tamni Velo Shaya. So I'll say, look at Rashi just a moment. Kalomar Yafa Sheikh Mugaf, Shemachsik Shisha Sin. So we'll say an interesting saying. My mother always told me, better to have a sealed six sa'a barrel than to have a leaky eight sa'a barrel. Good, good, good life advice in general, we'll say. But also, you know, so, so the idea over here is, what they're trying to highlight is that halacha l'maysa, halacha l'maysa, that, that even the, a, a leak in a barrel of beer Represents a lot. So, Shabbosai, by the way, also tells you something very interesting. That in life, there, especially in Ruchnias, there's always this, there's always this tension. Should I do more with lesser quality or do less with greater quality? Should I have an eight sa'a barrel that's a little leaky or a six sa'a barrel that, that, that is totally sealed, right? Is, right, is, is, do, do I say less is more? Right, less is more. Do, do less, but do it better. Or do more, but kind of, you know, a little bit leaky, right? A little, a, a little, a little bit. So I just want to point out that in the world of Rochnius, it's not always so clear, right? It's not always so clear that by beer, apparently, it's clear. By beer, apparently, it's better to have a smaller barrel that doesn't have leaks. By Rochnius, so to point out that sometimes, sometimes less is more, and sometimes it's better to remain a bit more focused and do less, but do it better. But sometimes there is a concept of just pushing myself to do more, even though I know it's not going to be great. Even though I know like it's a shtickle leaky, right? I, I, I know that the barrel is not... I'll just point out, di- different times in life kind of require different, different things. I think in the world, outside of Rochnius, very often, very, very often... I remember, I will say, when I, um, I did a brief stint in public accounting, and I remember we had, we had orientation... And um, the managing partner, who was uh, obviously a very successful guy, this was one of the the big six accounting firms back in back in the day. See, he, he the only thing I remember from orientation it was, it was a real chachma. He said it's better to have one nice suit, one really nice suit, than it is to have four okay suits. He said, and better to wear that same suit every single day and look your best every single day than to be a little fashlepzach. He didn't use that word, but, 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 but which I want to say, was such, was such a fascinating, so what he was saying is, you know, better to be excellent at something, even if it's one thing, than to kind of be mediocre 
on a bunch of different stuff, which again is true in life. But again, I just want to point out that in Ruchnius, sometimes I just have to push myself forward, even if the barrel is a little bit leaky. Sometimes there's a, there's a time to do less and make sure that what I'm doing is really good, really solid. And sometimes there's just a sort of being in, a, in an expansive mindset and doing a lot and learning a lot and accomplishing a lot, even though I may not be retaining or holding on to everything that I'm doing. All right, the Gemara goes back there. So the Gemara says, Amrav, Amrav, Charbar, Goryu, Amrav, Hilchos, Moed, Bemoed, Kilchos, Kusim. So I'll say, this, this is actually very interesting. Kilchos, Kusim, Ba'alacha. So the Halachos of Chalamair are like the Halachos of Kusim in Halacha. That was, and I remember again, we spoke about the Kusim so many times, right? The Kusim, again, that nation, right, from Kusa, resettled in Eretz Yisrael by Shalmaneser, the king of Ashur. Not sure exactly what their status is. The full conversion, not full conversion. But for our purposes, what's the Chabot Kusim? See, the thing about Kusim is whatever they do, they do really well. Right, whatever they've taken upon themselves, they've really accepted upon themselves. So the Gemara says, it's very interesting. The halachas of Chalabayin are like the halachas of Kusim. What does that mean? So the Gemara says, what, what, exactly does, what exactly does that mean? So the Gemara says, Barkatino, Shina Kuros, Zumizu. the same chap by Kusim, by Kusim is that what? By Kusim is some things they do, some things they don't do. Now, is there a rhyme or reason? for what Kusim do, what they don't do? Not really. It's kind of just some stuff they accepted, some stuff they didn't accept. So what the Gemara is saying is there, by, by the halachos of Chalamayid, you can't necessarily learn out one halacha from the other. So you both say some, some, some frameworks of halacha are very intuitive, that once you know A, you can learn out B, you can learn out C, you can learn out D. Hilchos Chalamayid are a little, are a little bit, what's the, what's the word? Um, I wouldn't want to say inconsistent, but almost, almost like, well, okay, we'll use inconsistent. Not inconsistent, but there, there, sometimes there's not a linkage between the halachas. So you can't necessarily go ahead and derive out one halacha from the other. Like, we're going to give examples like this. So the most dumbest shmuel, zovsin kusta, vein zovsin chavisa. For example, you can go ahead... You can go ahead and go ahead and seal in a, a jug, but you can't seal a barrel. Right? Seal it with pitch. Other opinion says that you can go ahead and seal a barrel, but you can't seal a jug. So I'll say, what's the pshat? So I'll say, interestingly enough, what's the issue? Because if we allow you to seal a pitcher, right, a jug, let's say, so again, that's, that's able to save a loss, right? That's loss, taking care of loss, and not worrying about tircha. See, for example, sealing, a, sealing a, a barrel could save a loss, but also requires a lot more tircha, right? Sealing a pitcher, sealing a pitcher is less tircha, but also, again, less loss. So the point we're just making over here is that the halachos don't always necessarily kind of form a pattern in which one could be easily extrapolated from the other. Rabbi says, in general, we look at the halachos of Chalabayid like the halachos of Shabbos. Amadeiz, yesh mehen patra aval aser, yesh mehen motor lachatchila. There are certain halachos of side that are patra aval aser, which in patra aval aser means you're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to do it. But if you did it, you're patra. You're patra. And then there are other things that ultimately, again, are also lechatchila. Rav Huna chatz to lechatz to b'moada. So Rav Huna went ahead and 
Rav Huna had his field harvested on Chalamayim. Right? So Rabbi say Chatzli Chatzli means he had his field harvested on Chalamayim. So says the Gemara, how could that occur? Eisvei Rabba L'Rav Huna. So Eisvei Rabba Barav Huna L'Rav Huna. Tochanin Kemach B'Moed L'Tzorach HaMoed. V'Shalob L'Tzorach HaMoed Aser. So we'll say, what's the halacha? The halacha is, the halacha is that you're allowed to go ahead and grind up grain on Chalamayid for the sake of Chalamayid. Right? But you can't grind grain. That's not for the sake of Chalamayid. Davar sha'avad b'moid, mutar la'asosa b'moid. Similarly, again, I will say, something is going to be lost, right? If you're going to experience a loss, then you're allowed to perform that malacha on chalamaid. Davar sha'eno avad, davar sha'eno avad b'moid. Asr, but I will say, davar sha'eno, something that's not a davar avad, can't be done on chalamaid. So, when is this true? Mitlushim and akarka. This is true when, with things that are detached from the ground, so I will say, but ultimately, again, if something is attached to the ground, then even if there's going to be a total loss, you're not allowed to do the malachas. So I will say, this is a very interesting qualification. The Gemara is suggesting over here that when we speak about a davara avid, the ability to do malacha for a davara avid is something that is detached from the ground. But something that is attached to the ground, even if there's going to be a total loss, you can't do malacha. However, so we'll say, but an exception to this is false. We'll say, this is a new category of loss. This is what's called poel ve'enlomayochal, which means, we'll say, if you have a worker and the worker doesn't have what to eat. So we'll say, this is fasting. So watch this case. Let's say there's a Jew. Once again, we'll call him Ruvain. Ruvain is a worker. He's a day laborer. Right now it's chalamayit. So you can imagine for Chalamaid, day labor was a very slow time of year. So I will say, this is what's called the Paul Ba'in Lamayochal. He's a worker. He has no money. He has nothing to eat. What's Talacha? Kotzer, Uma'amer, Vidash, Vizore, Uborer, Vitochein, Obilvach, Lo Yadush, Vipara. So we'll say, listen to this. So we'll say, for a Paul, so for a Paul in Lamayochal, you could allow him to do things which would otherwise be awesome. So we'll say, what did we just say? We just said, for the Allah Chalamaisa, for a Davra Avid, you're allowed to do Malach and Chalamaid. But what's the cap? What's the limitation on Davra Avid? What's the cap? What's the cap? Mukhubal Karka. You can't go ahead and cut down anything that is attached to the ground. Meaning, so you can't go ahead and start harvesting fields on Chalamaid if it's a Davra Avid. What's the exception to that rule? If it's a Paul, Paul of the If there's a Jewish worker, and he has nothing to eat. What you could do is you could hire him to go ahead and harvest the field. You could hire him to harvest the field. So what's like, you could hire him to do something that would normally not be allowed. Now, what's the logic behind that? What's the logic behind that? Because I'm providing him with a parnasa. I'm providing him with a parnasa. The only cap that he has is he can't start threshing the field with a team of oxen. oxen. So I was supposed to listen to this. So what's amazing about this? But I was, I'll just point out, you think to yourself, one second, if he's a poor ba'ilom ayochal, why don't, there's an easier solution. What's the easier solution? Give him food. Right, give him food, right? So I'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that the ability to give someone work and the ability to go ahead and give someone an honest day's living is so much better than giving him a handout. So I'll say, and even if it means allowing him to do something that the truth is we don't normally do it in Chalamayit. 
right? We, we don't harvest fields on Chalamayim, but we will harvest fields if it means allowing someone to earn an honest wage so much better than giving them tzedakah. It's not that we don't have the money. They will say, it's about, again, what's for the benefit of this individual. Paul Yochal, so much better for him on so many levels for him to have an honest day's work than to have to receive tzedakah. Amrabei, he said to him, Yechidahi, this is a singular opinion, but we do not hold like this. First wide line, So I'll say something that is detached from the ground. Even if there's going to be a partial loss, ultimately again, Malacha with the second becomes mutter. But if something is attached to the ground, so we'll say, listen to this. So th- this is a fundamental machlokis, we'll say, about what are you allowed to do with something that is right? So again, we'll say, you have produce that's attached to the ground. What are your options in terms of this produce? So here, we'll say, this price quotes an opinion that says, even if you're going to suffer a total loss, if it's you can't do anything with it on Chalamayid. I be Rabbi Yossi, but I will say one second. So let's go back for just a moment. So I will say, so you have over here, go, remember, remember how this whole thing started. Rafuna allowed for his field to be harvested on Chalamayid. Now that must have been a case where it was a Davra of it. It was a Davra of it. And I will say, so what you begin to see is that Halacha Lamaisa, so again, there's a Machlokis about what you could do with Mechobar Lakarka by a Davra of it. Do you have a license to go to work with Mechobar by Davra Avid? Or do we say no? Davra Avid only applies to detached items, not to attached items. So this is a fundamental Machlokas. So it says, Now I will say the truth is, let's go back for just a moment. Remember, what did Rabbi Yossi say? Rabbi Yossi said, Halacha Lamaisa, when it comes to a Davra Avid, you don't need what? You don't need a Shinoi. Right? That's what Rabbi Yossi You don't need a Shinoi. Rabbi Yossi, Yadosh Nami Beparos, you should even be able to plow with a team of oxen. In other words, you shouldn't require any kind of shinoi. Who's the one who says that you need a shinoi when it comes to a davra avid? It's not the kabiosi. In other words, the one saying, Rabiosi does not require a shinoi be davra avid. That in general, people don't necessarily plow every day with oxen, right? In other words, you can plow without oxen also. So since it's not used every day, Rabbi Yossi would not say that it would be called a shinoi not to use oxen. Okay. Again, I just want to point out over here, this introduced us now. So continuing in the halachos of Dabar Ha'avid. So just remember, we'll say the things to keep in mind. So Dabar Ha'avid, I know I'm allowed to do Malacha and Chalamay. What we're now beginning to see, I'll say, is that it doesn't allow for every single Malacha. So the Shaila is specifically, what do I do with Mechubar Lekarka? What can I do with produce that is attached to the ground? If there's going to be a loss, do I have the right to harvest? Do I have the right to work the field? That is a machlokas. That is a machlokas. Again, we'll see that lachalamaisa in tomorrow's daf, not today. We'll get to that. But we'll say that's number one. Number two, we're now introduced to a brand new category of davara avid, a different kind of davara avid. What's the new kind of davara avid? Poel ve'inlo ma yochal. 
a worker who has nothing to eat. So we begin to see Abba say that I'm allowed to give him work. And what kind of work am I allowed to give him? What kind of work? Even the kind of work that it appears I would be prohibited to do on my own. So something that I could not do as a regular individual, I could give to the power of the Inlomayocha. Quite incredible. So turn around, Barnabas, let's go. So just, just keep this all in mind. Now, the parameters of that, what I can give him, how I can give we have to see. So turn around, you can go ahead and grind, right? Grind grain, for example. Anchalavayid, for the purpose of the month. So let's say, let's say I have wheat. Let's say I have wheat. I can make that wheat into flour on chalamayid. Assuming that what? I need the flour for chalamayid. But if it's not for chalamayid, I can't do it. Then remember, if I, if I ground grain, right? I ground grain, and now I have extra flour for after chalamayid, that's mutter. The idea over here is just, I can only grind if I need it for chalamayid. But if it turns out that I grind and I have extra, that's fine. Harei zemutter. Coat it in eats in the moil tzarech hamoyed. So I will say, I could cut down branches on chalamayid for the na- for, for for purpose of chalamayid. I will say, so again, let's say I need fire, I need wood, I need wood for my stove. So I could I could go ahead and cut down branches for wood for my stove. V'shlo tzarech hamoyed aser. What I can start doing, I will say, is what I can start cutting down wood for purpose for non chalamayid purposes. Then katzatz v'hotzir v'hotzir harizem water. And I will say, if I cut down branches for use on chalamayid, and what? It turns out I have extra, fine. You can make beer on chalamayid for the purpose of chalamayid. But I will say I can't make beer for post-chalamayid use. But I will say, if I made beer, and what? If I made beer, and there's leftover, it's motor. But I will say, here's the qualification for all of these cases. And I will say, what you can't do is, you can't be disingenuous. So as I will say, if I know that for Chalamayid, I need one barrel of beer, but I make four barrels of beer. And I say, oh, I thought I was going to use it. What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? I have leftovers. So I will say, that's Harama, right? Subterfuge, right? That, that, that's Harama. That you can't do. So, the Gimar, so I will say, what the Gemara is saying is like this. Anything you need for Chalamayid, you could do. When I say Chalamayid, I say, means Chalamayid slash Yamdev. So I need flour, grind the flour. You need branches for your oven, get branches for the oven. You need beer, make beer. But Allah Chalamayisa, and if you have leftover, that's okay. As long as what you did makes the, let's say differently. As long as the volume of the Malacha makes sense for Chalamayid slash Yamdev needs. But if the volume for the malacha clearly indicates that you're doing this for post-yamtiv use, that's going to be usur. Sigmar says, Raminhu, or raise a kasha to this. You can make beer and chalamayid for the purpose of yamtiv. So you can make beer, whatever beer you want, as long as you make it for chalamayid. Date beer, wheat beer, barley beer. This is true even if you have old beer. But let's say you want fresh beer, right? For chalamayit, for yantid, you're allowed to. So we write, marim v'shosem in achadash. Now we'll say, now this price is pretty crazy. This price says, even if you have old beer, but you want new beer. Not only that, we'll say, what do you really want? You really want beer for after yantid. You want beer for after yantid. But again, what you're going to do, I'll say, you know what you're going to do? You're going to make a new batch of beer. And what? You'll drink some of it. You'll drink some of it. That's haramah. 
right? That's subterfuge. So really, you don't need beer. You have plenty of beer, but you want beer for after yamtiv. So what you're going to do is you're going to make new beer on chalamayid, drink some of it. I don't really need to drink some of it, but my goal is to have it for after yamtiv. Ultimately, again, the price seems to indicate that that's motor that you could do it. As long as you actively part- partake of some of the new beer, you're good to go. Shall I say, so again, this price seems to negate that Ha-Rama, this type of subterfuge, is permitted. So, Tanahi, in reality, it's Machlokes Tanahim, Disanyo, in Ma'arimin Bekach. Rabbi Yosef, Ma'arimin. Shall I say, it's a fundamental Machlokes as to Allah Ha-Rama is Ha-Rama, is this type of subterfuge permitted? I will say, so essentially, Machlokes is like this. We'll just take the beer example. Can I go ahead and make new beer in Chalamayid, knowing full well that I have old beer, and really I'm just gonna drink a little bit of the new beer to justify its creation, but in fact, I'm really using it for after yamtiv. So again, imachlokes tanoim as to whether or not such a situation like that is motor. We'll see the halacha lamaisa. Rav chatzulei chatzda. So we'll say Rav had his field harvested on chal So we'll say so again. Obviously, it doesn't mean that Rav did it himself. It means that Rav had workers who did it. Shama Shmuel ikbid. Shmuel heard about this and he became very upset. Right, Rav, how can you go ahead and have your field harvested on Chalamayid? You're working on Mechubar Lakarka, how could that be? So, so the Gemara says, So maybe Shmuel holds, so it must have been that Shmuel holds like the opinion that harvesting the field is problematic. Now, as I will say, it must have been, let's, let, let, let's play this out. Why did Rav have the field harvested? Why did he do this? It must have been that what? Right? Avid, right? Or maybe Paul the Ilam Yochal, it must be one of those. So Shmuel obviously holds like the opinion that says, no, you can't do anything with Mechabar Lekarka. So the Gemara says, Shmuel Kechidas, Lo chatta dechiti hava, it was the harvesting of wheat, to lo hava pasid. Ultimately, again, I will say, the reason I got upset was because it wasn't a davara of it. Right? So, I'm sorry, Shmuel got upset. So he doesn't understand why Rav allowed for the harvesting of a wheat field. There was apparently wheat, Wheat doesn't go bad if you leave it in the ground a little bit longer. So, so Shmuel felt Rav could have easily waited till after Yom Tif to do this. Why did he have to do it now? But Rav, my time of Avatahi, why did Rav do this? Aim lo mayochal hava. Oh, I will say, because what was the case? The case was a poor of Aim mayochal. Right? You're right. Rav, Rav didn't need to harvest the field. But Rav knew as a Jew, of a Jew who didn't have parnasa. He didn't have anything to eat. He allowed him, paid him to harvest the field. Because again, that's the halacha. So I will say, I, why didn't, so why, why did Shmuel have such a problem with this? So how often happens in life? Shmuel didn't know the whole story. He didn't know the whole story. So he got upset because all he saw was that Rav had his field harvested on Chalamite. And he did not know the story. I will say, how many times in life? Does it happen that we get upset, right? Because we don't know the whole story. Or we pass judgment because we don't know the whole story. Inami, Adam We keep coming back to this. The other possibility is that no, Shmuel knew the whole story, but he still felt that Rav, as an Adam Chashuv, should not have done this. See, I both say, Shmuel might know the whole story, but remember again, the common man does not know the whole story. All the common man sees is what? Is what? Rav's field was harvested, uh, Rav's great wheat field was harvested on the Chalamayid. So Shmuel felt a high-profile person like Rav should not do this. Should not do this. Okay, good. Rabbi Yehudin Esiyah, Nafik Bechumarta de Medusha, Ashti Maid Achim Kfeila Arma. Rabbi Yehudin Esiyah went out on Shabbos Bechumarta de Medusha. I will say, Chumarta de Medusha, Rashi says, is Tabas Hisham Atechas Vechos Mashalamag. It is a metal ring 
that has a wooden seal. A wooden seal. It's a signet ring. Furthermore, furthermore, Rabbi Hudanesia also drank water that was heated up by a non-Jew. Rabbi Avi heard this and he was very upset. He thought Rabbi Hudanesia did the wrong thing. But in both cases, I'm Rabbi Yosef, my time maker, why did he get upset? If it's because of a signet ring, a person should, we learned this in Masech Shabbos, a person should not wear a signet, normally a ring is a tachshit, right? It's an ornament. And again, a piece of jewelry becomes like an article of clothing. Signet rings are different and should not be worn on Shabbos. Even though you shouldn't perhaps go ahead and wear a signet ring out, but again, it's not muktza. It's not muktza. So okay, maybe he didn't agree with Rabbi Yehuda going ahead and wearing the signet ring, but it's not muktza. If he was upset that he drank water that was heated up by a non-Jew, so we'll say, what's the problem with heating up water, drinking water that was heated up by a non-Jew? Bishalakum. Bishalakum. So we'll say, it's not Bishalakum. Why? So we'll say, ultimately, again, anything that can be consumed raw, raw, is not an issue of Bishakam. We'll say, this is how you're allowed to buy coffee, right? How can you're allowed to buy coffee, right? In a non-Jewish establishment, right? Ultimately, again, because it's not Bishalakum, because anything that could be... Water is not subject to Bishalakum. Also, other things, there's also other reasons, because it's not a Machal Chashub. In any event, the idea over here is, so we'll say, so why was Rabbi... So why was... Why was... Um, who got upset here? I'm sorry. Rabbi Ami. Why was Rabbi Ami getting upset? Adam Chashuv Shaini. Ultimately, again, once again, because he thought Rabbi Huda should have held himself to a different standard, because an Adam Chashuv is different. Good. Amrav Chanana Amrav quotes Adam Deka, but Moed Af Bishen Sarech El Linasarech Shalom. So let's listen to this. Rav Chanana is the name of Rav. A person could cut down a palm tree on Chalamayid, even though he only needs the sawdust. So let's say, let's say I need sawdust on Chalamayid, right? For for whatever the reason, I need sawdust for some permitted yomtiv purpose. I could cut down a palm tree in order to get the sawdust. Now, Abayi say, Layit ale Abayi. Abayi cursed a person who would do such a thing. So, Abayi say, what does that mean? Abayi cursed, that's pretty strong. Abayi felt that's too much malacha for very little benefit. In other words, to, to engage in the entire process of cutting down a palm tree just to get the sawdust, ultimately, again, is too much malacha. So, Abayi say, so the Gemara tells an incredible story. Rav Ashi Havale Abba Bashlaino. I was, you know, we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick, we'll pick up Amir Hashem with this story tomorrow. An incredible story, but I will say, so again, we end off with this idea of Abaye saying, you can't do too much malacha if the result or the benefit is going to be limited in nature. The story of Mitzvah, I was saying, Shkayach. Packed off today. Shkayach, everyone.